tomorrow, you delightful little scamps. Welcome to episode 138 of Stacey's Pop Culture Parlour. I am your host, the titular Stace, and joining me in the parlour this evening, or morning, or afternoon, or, or whenever you happen to be listening to this, it's evening for me right now. It's it's the return, return of the Ruth <laughs> I was actually, do you know what, I was actually planning on doing a little uh, guess who's back, and then sort of fitting in up the arse, but I couldn't make it work. <laughs> hey everyone, it's Ruth Husko, she's back. Yay, hello there. Hello. <laughs> Welcome back to the parlour. Thanks so much. We aren't together this time. We're no. remote parlour because I'm in London. In <laughs> in London's in UK's fabulous London in the UK of England. And you're in the UK's Birmingham, aren't you? The, yeah, I am in the UK's Birmingham. The the the, the one and only, I'm sure. Yeah, so we're we're being a bit rubbish this time, but you know, schedules are hard when you're uh, strong independent women like us with jobs and lives. This is the thing. So I have just been to America and with work, nothing fancy. And uh, uh, Stacey's been busy. I've been busy. And uh, yeah, we work, don't we? We work yeah. hard for our money. We and, work hard for the money. And also train strikes. That's another thing of the workers, though. I do support the strike. Absolutely. Me too. Uh, that, that got real serious real fast. <laughs> Um, hey, so, so last time when I went straight into the tip book, carry on. Straight straight into the tip book, yeah. For those of you who didn't listen to the previous Ruth episode, how very dare you? But a couple of months ago, Ruth and I uh, started on our journey towards love, which I'll let Ruth go into in a bit because it's sort of her baby. But I just wanted to make everybody aware that this is part deux of a two-part special. And the reason we're doing this over Skype is because I really wanted this to come out this month since it's, you know valentine's sexy cupid month and uh, by the end of this episode you know we'll be so madly in love that i'll have divorced my husband and eloped with ruth i think so <laughs> yeah so like the premise is that you if you didn't listen to the first one um, go and do that it, or even if you didn't just yeah even if you did listen you just want a little recap the new york times did a thing a while ago that was like here's 36 questions of how to fall in love with someone so you just ask each other if you're on a first date or if you're friends or if you know you want to know you've got a connection with someone you ask each other these 36 questions and by the end you should be in love with each other now we only got halfway through last time there was various things happened (laughs) right Stacey's husband got an Amazon package a wasp come in um, and then we banished Rich upstairs and it wasn't right to banish him upstairs in his own house. That's a bit rude. Yeah. So we thought we'll just do a part two. Um, so we were halfway through the question. And, and you don't, Stacey, I'm right in saying, I mean, you don't have to have listened to the first podcast. You can still enjoy this one in its, um, you know, in its unique form. I think so. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, I'll say that now. Maybe I'll just do a shit ton of callbacks and really piss everyone off. Who knows? The night is young. The podcast is young. Well, I just don't really can there. So I would, um, <laughs> yeah, I would say if you do a callback, you've just got to say, you know, snooze, you lose. You snooze, you lose, Huey Lewis in the news. You needed to have listened to the first one. Well, indeed. And it's still there if you want to listen to it. So uh, and we'll just try not to do any callbacks because these are all fresh <laughs> Fresh questions. Fresh questions. Now, last time we ended on the very bummer note of what your most terrible memory was. And I've just opened the app to the next question, which Ruth is going to be fielding first. And uh, it's not particularly cheerful, but but go on. So question 19. If you knew that in one year you would die suddenly, what would you change? Would you change anything about the way you are now living your life and why? (laughs) I mean, 
what I would like to say is that I would immediately quit my job because I don't want to spend the last year of my life slaving away for the man. <laughs> um, I would all like, women, all, all women, or non-binary person, or just generally, you men, know, the corporateness. Men. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like the metaphorical man. Yeah. Like because as much as as much as I actually quite like my job and my and the people that I work with, I don't like having to work at all <laughs> um so I think for my last year of life I would like to just do things but but the problem with that is if I quit my job I wouldn't be able to afford to do things so there's a and I don't have any savings before anybody says well if you know you don't have to like you know buy a house or worry about retirement or whatever just use your savings I haven't got any because I'm a bit poor <laughs> so um, I haven't either yeah it's a shocking thing when people say they've got to, I'll have to dip into my savings I'm like what I've got minus money oh I've got well I, I say I say I've got savings what I mean is I've got like an emergency hundred-ish quid in a savings account and that usually gets depleted every Christmas when I'm like shit I've got no money for presents <laughs> Well, let, me, let me tell you this. You said if you quit your job, you knew you was you was gonna die, right? Suddenly, you quit your job. You could just go to your followers. Hey, I've only got a year left in me. You know, <laughs> you know some people have an Amazon wish list in their Twitter bio. You could go, hey, yeah. I've only got a year left, and have the little just give me a, a sign on the tweets and yeah, just throw a few quids my way. Yeah, yeah, just say. Well, Buy me a coffee, you know, coffee. Buy me a coffee. For oh, yeah. I've got day. one of them, and I, I've only ever had one donation, and it was from my sister, which is really sad. Um. Please, <laughs> come on, listen. <laughs> People who follow me, Dan Cackroyd on Twitter, by the way, if you don't know, now you know. Bloody chuck some, bloody, she, <laughs> she might die in a year. I know I could. Money in her way. It could happen. But if we were living in a fantasy land where I could quit my job and just do random stuff for a year, then I think what I'd like to do, because I'd be less nervous about it knowing I was going to die and never see them again, is just like go and meet loads of people that I admire. So I'd just like probably just blitz around a load of like comic and film and TV conventions and stuff, mainly so I can find and hug Rob Paulson, I think. I think that would be yeah. my Which one's Rob Paulson? He's the voice of Pinky, of Pinky and the Brain fame. Yes. Also was Raphael in the 80s Turtles, who I handily enough have interviewed for this podcast and was an absolute gent. I haven't listened to that episode because I'm worried that I was just too much of a fangirl and was a bit of a disaster. But I would like to give him a hug. That would be nice. Um, and I feel like if I was dying, that'd be a nice thing to be like, oh, I've, I've hugged, you know, I admire this guy. He's really nice and he's really good at his job and whatever. And it would be nice to just see other places as well, because I've only ever been abroad three times and two of those times were to Belgium. So <laughs> You have always wanted to go to Japan, but you don't go because you don't like flying, right? Well, yes. now's your chance, because even if you do die, you think, well, at least I was, well, was going to die anyway. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> if I die on this plane to Japan, at least I knew I was going to die anyway. I wasn't going to miss anything. I, I, remember having a... <laughs> I loved being terrified. <laughs> being, being absolute, well, just riddled with anxiety. Yeah. I had a conversation once with my good friend, Kieran Round, who said that he hopes he dies in the apocalypse because he doesn't want to miss anything afterwards. <laughs> I mean, we we may be experiencing the heat death of the universe, so you know, who knows? <laughs> he's, you know what? That's someone who's got a really positive outlook, though, because the way things are going, he's expecting for more good times <laughs> rather than the absolute fucking shit that's going on. Okay? I know. Bless him. Imagine having some optimism. That'd be good, wouldn't it? <laughs> that, I like that tape. Um, how about you are we get are we are we both answering the questions again just checking yes I'll, so yes. We, we, sorry i should have said at the start we both <laughs> answered questions so i i i think yeah totally i'd, I, I'd quit my job mm-hmm. i would stop trying to lose weight 
Oh my god, absolutely. Although I haven't done that for years, if I'm honest. But you know, I'd stop any well any semblance of trying to have a vegetable or anything that I don't. (laughs) Just cakes all the way down. When I was younger, yeah, when I, I remember when I was younger and I was obese, uh, like I was obese at like the age of nine. I remember thinking, oh, if I found out I had a terminal illness, I'd think great and I'd just eat loads. How sad is that? I just eat and eat. <laughs> but food is delicious. This, is, this has been a fun. Uh, guys, this is a running theme, food uh, <laughs> as well. Um, I just I just don't know where people stop eating. So, yeah, uh, the dying one year suddenly. Yeah. So I, I think this question is a good uh, like sort of test for people who are miserable and go, OK, so if someone could wave a magic wand, you're dead in a fucking year. What would you get rid of in your life now? And you could go, well, I quit my job. I'd stop. I'd basically stop doing things that make me miserable, which would be. Yeah dieting mindless scrolling on social media i mean i spend i say 28 hours a day just looking at my phone i'd probably do you know what i reckon i'd still do that even if i go i've still got 364 days left i'll just go to see what's happening on twitter yeah so i think just i would just stop anything i don't enjoy doing which to be fair i've cut most of those things out so yeah quit quit work stop being miserable and die (laughs) A blissfully happy death. Goodbye. (laughs) I'll present a blissfully bloated corpse, just full of all of the carbs. (laughs) Die with a big fat smile on my face. Yum, yum. Yum, yum. Hey, question 20. What does friendship mean to you, Ruth? Friendship is rare. Do you know what I'm saying to you? Oh, shit, let's bear. If you don't know Tenacious D or you don't know what that reference is, like, you've got to listen to Tenacious D. Best time ever. But what does friendship mean to you? I think we touched on this in the last one. The ability for someone to cancel on me and it'd be fine and me to cancel on them. Yeah. Uh, someone who you can be completely honest with and tell them that you love them and uh, hug them and kiss them. And just uh, what's it mean to me? Like ch- talking shit to them forever. <laughs> kind of like this. Yeah. Just talking a shit. A like this. Yeah. yeah, talking shit and being honest with each other. Like, it's good when you can tell someone they're being a dickhead and or when someone can tell you that. <laughs> Looking out for you, wanting the best for you. Um, that's what it means to me. What about you? Well, I was having a conversation about this the other day because I was talking about how I don't really have an awful lot of friends. <laughs> uh, you've got more friends than me. Such a loser. But I, I what I like, like... What to me means friendship is when you are so comfortable with a person that you can sit with them in a room entirely in silence, scrolling on your phone or watching TV, and you don't feel the need to plug that silence with nonsense. Like if you want to talk, you absolutely can. But like if you're feeling like your brain is going, no, I've got nothing in there. You're not like scrabbling around for some sort of conversation. Like what do I do to make this person feel comfortable here? Because you know that you're both comfortable. And I think that to me is how I know when somebody is like yeah that's that's when I know that they they really mean something to me and that I, I can exist in that same space and I don't feel like I need to impress them and I don't feel like I need to entertain them we can just exist together happily for a bit and I think that's really nice I would agree with you and actually you've triggered some other thoughts about it shouldn't feel like fucking work like you know people who you're around and it's like either like you're having to pull their good time out of your arsehole because they are contributing nothing Nothing. and it's like hello you've coasted this entire (laughs) friend date 
Um, and you come away from it feeling drained, like people are uh, people as well. You were like uh, Shan calls them dementors, like in Harry Potter, the dementors. <laughs> where, suck your energy out. Yeah, you just meet yeah. up with these people, and they just absolutely drain you. Um, Shan's my best friend. Mentioned her on the other one, so it's a callback. Um, yeah, they just absolutely drain you of all your life. And I've been in those friendships where. It's so one-sided. The other person is so selfish. And you know what? I've, I've uh, deleted all those people from my life. Doesn't mean they're dead, and I don't care if they are. But uh, I just, yeah, I just got rid of all those because that's not what friendship means to me. It's not having to bend over backwards for someone who has a tantrum every time you do what you want to do. <laughs> yeah, I think COVID was the ultimate clean slater with friendships for me. Mm-hmm. In that there were a lot of people who I was suddenly like, I actually, I don't think I need that in my life. <laughs> Yeah. And, and I don't have to go back to them now that everything's opened up. <laughs> like, like we've clean slated, we've moved on, which sounds really mean. But like you said, because like I, I am, I don't know how to explain it, like introverted, but also social in the sense that I like people largely i joke a lot about how people are terrible because a lot of them are but but like actually i enjoy being around people and i enjoy i'm quite a tactile person i like hugs i'm very affectionate so like i enjoy being around people but because i'm an introvert my social battery gets drained real fast so when i have to put that level of effort into something with someone and they're not really giving me enough to charge me back up that's too we froze days oh no the yeah, so, yeah, th- th- just just being able to exist with somebody in a space and be totally uh, comfortable with one another is just the pinnacle of friendship to me. Yeah, the pinnacle. Couldn't agree more. <laughs> so it's my turn to anyone. Oh, we talked talked a little bit about this in the last one. What roles do love and affection play in your life? I mean, literally what I was just saying, actually. Uh, I love when I love people I love them very fiercely um in fact I've been told in the past I'm a bit too intense as a friend and that might be why (laughs) that may be why I don't have many friends because I scare them off by telling them I love them so much all the goddamn time but um yeah I'm someone I feel everything quite quite keenly like all emotions really and I wear them all on my sleeve so I am very affectionate uh, and it's important to me obviously I'll respect boundaries like if people don't want to be hugged or touched like that's absolutely fine but I sort of need it in my life so I need to find those people who are willing to you know snuggle and hug and like I am very much the kind of person who when you first meet me I'm going to be like am I coming in for a hug like because I can't I can't not hug you unless you absolutely don't want me to hug you <laughs> which yeah, I'm sure I, very that's <laughs> interesting because I didn't really hug my friends until I met you what about that really I remember, I remember us hugging or like seeing you hug people and thinking huh in Birmingham they hug their friends because I'm from the black country guys everyone thinks I'm from Birmingham black country uh and I don't think in the black country and I could be making a massive generalization but we're not particularly affectionate um but yeah I was like oh you actually hug your friends that's weird it's not something I've ever done before but maybe it's because I was hanging around with mainly lads who don't really do that it's like that's why but yeah I, I started hugging people you were a real catalyst in making me hug people oh even though I'm an affectionate person I'm very affectionate like oppressively um, and I'm very loving but I am also very hateful there's all of that <laughs> oh I'm such a package it's like on the one if 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 I like you you're gonna know about it because when I see you I'm gonna hug you and I'm probably gonna 
you put my hand on your leg sometimes or, or slap an arm around you or give you a little kiss like that's yeah. that's gonna happen if I don't like you though ho 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 ho, ho look out because I can be horrid <laughs> you wouldn't have to tell from this beautiful little cherub face oh, but actually yeah. I can be really I can be really mean and I'm very cynical and paranoid but also desperate to impress everyone I'm such a mixed bag I don't make any sense <laughs> like you said you feel all emotions quite deeply don't you yeah and very much so I'm in I'm uh, yeah in ready access I'm very comfortable with all my emotions and love and affection I am very comfortable what role do they play in my life uh they're they're, they're important to me but um if people don't love me or want to be affectionate to me that's fine but I do think mm, there's something wrong with you then if you don't <laughs> be affectionate if, if someone doesn't love me i'm like okay something the matter with you are you mentally ill yeah. that's what i think what's uh, what's happened there what's what's gone wrong in your life to make me off put into you see i have the opposite reaction because i sort of have i operate on a baseline that everybody dislikes me and you've got, you've got now you've got to change that round because <laughs> i remember like when i first met um when i first met rich through your through your good self it was um, me introduced the two of us guys we've touched on this in the first um ruth the matchmaker (laughs) when i first met rich i remember going to a gig with him and his then best friend i don't know if they're still best friends or not paul and uh, and the first time i met paul i was so adamant that he hated me that every time rich invited me out and paul was there for a while i just like avoided him completely because i was like he doesn't like me and that's where my my sort of brain lies until somebody actually tells me no i I quite like hanging around with you like why are you being weird about it (laughs) Where, where were we even at with this question? Oh, no. This is 22, so is this... This is me, okay. Oh, okay, so assuming you're my partner, based on this question, uh, alternate sharing something you consider a positive characteristic of your partner. <gasps> Share a total of five. Well, okay, well, so I have five positive things about you. Okay, you're really funny. Really, really... Is, is this the right thing I'm doing? Like, sharing yeah. five... Yeah, okay. You're really, really funny you're um really entertaining so i'm gonna make this all in one you're really entertaining <laughs> thank you um, and you've always been really funny you really uh, put people at their ease like when i first met you and if you remember i met you at a music zone and you were just like so friendly you were so nice and i remember like feeling immediately comfortable with you because i thought you'd been there years and you were like oh, i've been here for about two weeks i was a christmas temp <laughs> yeah um uh like so uh, that was really nice and uh, we became friends quite quickly didn't we we've been friends mm-hmm. ever since so that's yeah so that's obviously a positive uh, I really like that you're enthusiastic about things like you are enthusiastic about all of the your hobbies that you have and you've got you know you show real passion for that I also one thing I yeah another thing I really love about you is you just even though you're shy and an introvert you just do it like you're doing a podcast which I've said this to you before like you're doing a podcast which a lot of people wouldn't do you've been to like comic cons and stuff and you know, I know you hate talking to people that you don't have, <laughs> but you just get on and do it and there's you know there's something in you even though like you're shy and introverted and with a touch of paranoia or like you said <laughs> like there's something inside you that makes you do these things do you know what I mean like it's that desperate need to be validated I think <laughs> whatever it is right whatever it is there's something in you that makes you do it you do a lot of things that other people would be too scared to do so I think you need to give yourself some some credit for those things definitely number five massive tits okay well they are massive tits number five that ass uh, yeah them thighs 
yeah you've got you've got beautiful curly hair you're you're absolutely beautiful you always look nice in glasses um that's the, 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 the physical aspect the big old tits come on would it really be a podcast with me if i didn't say something about tits or arsehole no that's that's true that is very true and i'm always talking about tits so i'm quite happy i don't know how to take a compliment i don't know if you notice that so i'm just sort of smiling and not because when i started reading this question and i started talking you were looking at me and i went am i answering do you <laughs> on your face was like so like, am i doing the right thing and you went yeah yeah and i was like okay because it looks like yeah, you're shat yeah. on your carpet there i just i just want to hide under the table don't mind me like just well, slithering beneath the desk <laughs> do you want to hear five yes. amazing things about you always always want to I, I take compliments like a champ well, it really interested me when you said that um that I made you feel comfortable at music zone because my uh memory of being at music zone is being terrified of everyone and covering it up with what I felt like might be some sort of effervescence that would <laughs> cover up the just sheer panic of being around so many new people all at once who I all thought, like I thought everybody there was like the coolest person I'd ever met. And I was like, and I'm such like a potato. Like why? <laughs> but I do love potatoes. Um, so, I, yeah, the first thing I would say about your good self is that I find you to be uh, incredibly fun to be around. And that was the, the thing at Music Zone that drew me to you because I was like, I can hang around with this person and work with this person and not feel like a sad potato. <laughs> which is really nice um so that's number one ruth is fun number two you are incredibly hilarious um yeah. almost intimidatingly so <laughs> if anyone oh god no. <laughs> now you know how in the last uh the last episode that we did we were talking about like in our ideal partner and you said you a sense of humor but you'd want somebody to be funnier than you and i was like no see i'd find that intimidating and that's why we could never date ruth because yeah, you're too funny boy. thank you Uh, you're incredibly open to me at least and I love that in a person that's that is one of my own I should have said that about you I should have (laughs) said that about you instead of the tits one sorry (laughs) do you know what I appreciated the tits one it's fine um honest and open I really like that yeah well that's that's a trait that I it's it's one of the few things that I recognize as being a good trait about myself because my self-esteem is very low but I do consider myself to be somebody who is like I just like to be open because I think if there's anything that I say that makes somebody else feel better or less alone or, I don't know, slightly more understood or it's a bit more relatable, and I get that from you as well. Was I on three or four? I've forgotten. I don't uh, know. Not that I've been counting them, but that was three. Okay. <laughs> Stupid, stupidly attractive is going to be number four. And I've always thought this about you. And I'm almost certain that if we'd have both been single for longer at Music Zone, I might have tried it on. Um <laughs> That's not a joke. You're laughing. That's not I think, a joke. I think, I think back then I was single for about 15 minutes. I've always had a boyfriend. So well, I, so I sort of met you when you were going out with a string of Toms. I was, yeah. That's the I thing. can't remember if you were any second or third Tom. In the, like, in the past, I've, I've always had a boyfriend, 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 yeah. Uh, and uh, number five is your willingness to put yourself out there. I know that it's difficult to be uh, a woman generally, but a woman on the internet and a woman trying to do things visibly on the internet is difficult. Um, And I'm just so like in awe of anybody who willingly does that and does it well. And I think you do that. And I think that's an admirable quality. 
thank you but you need to know that that's what you do and you've been doing it for years like more i've only i only just built i only built up to it like a year or like half a year and a half ago like you've been no. doing it for you ages it. yeah I, but i but i do it like a ninja like i'm like out there but not but I'm sort of in the shadows. Like, I'm out there, but I'm not all the way out there because I'm scared of being all the way out there. So I'm, like, under a tree in the well, shadows. As, as we talked about before, I said you're your own. You're standing in the way of your success. Mm. You're your own worst enemy. But where, before, like, years ago when you were doing this, I thought, oh, I'd love to be that confident to do that. And I wasn't. Uh-huh. Like, I just wasn't. And, and then I think it must have been the pandemic. There's a switch around. And I just thought, oh, I'm just going to have to do something now. Do something mm. about this now. But thank you for those positive characteristics that you shared and i hope you take yours to the bank <laughs> i'm going to be taking the tits one to the bank definitely <laughs> to the to the tits bank more like to the tit hey, bank question 23 you've asked these questions before how close and warm is your family do you feel your childhood was happier than most other people Just cut this questionnaire. Yeah, shall we? Do you know what? Actually, yeah, we will because there's nothing I can say here that doesn't make me seem like a child called it. If you've ever read the book, so we haven't. I haven't, but I am already regretting everything that I just said. We can let's just cut it all out. So we go. We skip. We skip that one. Skipping question twenty-three because it's a weird one. Yeah. Oh, but this one's good. I mean, should we skip that one as well? Do you want to? I've got a really good relationship with my mum, but I don't want to. I don't want to out either of our mums with anything here. So should we skip that one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even though the thing is, my relationship with mum is is better now. But yeah, let's get rid of that. Let's get let's get rid of that one then. Uh, Right. So twenty-five. Am I asking this one? Uh, Yeah, I don't think I understand this one. But three true we statements each. We are both in this room feeling three statements. Okay, mm-hmm. right. So, am I answering or are you? I'll let you answer because I'm not 100 percent sure I know what I'm doing just yet with this. Okay, one. so so <laughs> I would say so. Okay, make three three question, question 25 is make three true we statements each. For for instance, we are both in this room feeling. So I've got to say we are well we're not in the room together. No, so we can't answer that. We're both in this virtual room feeling. Okay, so I'm going to say. I mean, is this true? Like we are both in this room feeling. I'm feeling. I think I can say I. I'm assuming you're feeling the same. I think we're both we're both recording a podcast. That's true. <laughs> that is yeah. true. I'm feeling, and I hope you are too, very lucky to have this opportunity with you to to do this. Even though you know we're in different cities and you've got a podcast and you know that and you've invited me on it, I feel really lucky. I hope oh. we we feel really lucky just to be talking to each other. Okay. I feel lucky every time I talk to you. Ah, guys. <laughs> We had this question. See, this is how you fall in love, everybody. Um, same. So then, and then uh, the third one, uh, we are both in this room feeling like we have to edit any questions out of <laughs> our family. <laughs> Snippity snip. Yes, we are feeling that. <laughs> so I guess that like, you could have a bash at that question. But, uh, well, it's difficult because we're not in the same room and uh, and I'm feeling weird things having skipped those two questions. <laughs> yeah, we're both feeling weird and guilty. We're, we are both feeling slightly guilty about... <laughs> 
but I think we've got to say to our family, it's nothing weird. It's like no, I, like I want to keep in the bit where I said that like none of my family was ever like abusive in any way. Yeah, yeah. Because I don't want people getting the impression that I've cut that out because I've gone, oh, I had the world's worst childhood, and then had a breakdown on you for like half an hour. That's not what happened. I just talked for about two you. minutes. <laughs> <laughs> oh lordy oh gosh what else is true about right now i mean i don't know about you but i am feeling like it's a thursday if that if you know what if you know what i mean by that actually also i mean i'm feeling quite warm because i've had three glasses of wine so. well i'm, I'm quite warm because this jumper is quite thick and i've been just yeah. gesturing a lot yeah, yeah. Um, is that enough for three true statements yeah, let's move on <laughs> let's move on right you do this one okay or maybe i'll do this oh no I'm, I'm gonna i'm gonna throw it at you so ruth complete this sentence i wish i had someone with whom i could share a sharing platter at arch 13 <laughs> in birmingham so me and my friend ellie the other week went to arch 13 i'm gonna plug it because i want a free meal next time i go <laughs> with the arch 13 in birmingham which is near the indian brewery which is also great uh arch 13 do uh, a big sharing platter and loads of nice wine and a big uh like melted cheese that you dip your bread into and i wish every time i went to birmingham I had someone I could share the Arch 13, that's Arch 13, just off Livery Street in Birmingham, a big juicy sharing platter of meat and cheese and wine with. I do love meat and cheese and wine. Well, would you like to share one with me one day? <laughs> yes, I would. I've never even heard of Arch 13. So. <laughs> no, I've never been up. Well, now when I'm here from Birmingham and everything, what am I doing? I think it, I think it might. the sign might say Connolly's. It's like a Connolly's wine shop or something. Oh, okay. And it's, have you been to the Indian Brewery? Yeah, yeah. And that's on, that's under the arch, it's snowing. Yeah, yeah. Arch 13's there, oh, well, we're going. So that's, that's, that's our next day long. <laughs> Give us a voucher, please. Yeah. <laughs> yes, last time I was trying to get Bella Metallia to sponsor these. Uh, that's what I want. Go on, what's yours? Well, this is difficult for me because I have someone with whom I can share many things because this isn't actually us trying to fall in love with each other and I am already married. Um, so I'm just going to say some fully loaded nachos because yeah. I do love them. Yeah. Um, but you've got to make sure you don't eat all the fully loaded ones. I, I do. Well, <laughs> I, do, I do eat the fully loaded because I'm greedy. <laughs> okay, uh, it's me asking you now. It is. So if me and you were going, if you were going to become a close friend with your partner, which is me, please share what would be important for me to know, for them to know. So if you were going to become close friends with me, bear in mind we don't know each other, what's important for me to know? Or anyone, I guess. If you're going to become close friends with someone, what should they know? What's important for them to know? Well, this question is difficult for me because I'm not sure whether there's things that you would need to know as my close friend. Because I would just tell you everything about myself anyway, if you asked. Like, I'm a, I'm a very open book. But if I was thinking about the partner side, there's a lot of things that you should know. <laughs> um, like, for example, when I first started dating Rich, almost immediately I sat him down and said, I don't want children. And if you want children, just get it now because this relationship ain't going anywhere. <laughs> yeah. If we're not on the same page about this, because to me, like 
wanting or not wanting kids is like the big thing in a relationship isn't it mm-hmm. uh and there's no point pussyfooting around saying maybe i'll change mama i know i'm not going to pregnancy labor the afterbirth the idea of taking care of a whole entire new person is legitimately one of the biggest fears i've got in my life i remember, do you know when i have anxiety sometimes i will have a dream in which i somehow which obviously is what makes it a dream because it's completely scientifically impossible somehow have the means to to have ovaries one of which makes eggs one of which makes sperm and i fertilize myself and i become pregnant like and <laughs> like it's the oh my god it's the worst anxiety dream ever because there i am with a baby that i don't want with a richard that's going i didn't want it either and i'm like oh god what do i do with it it's very stressful obviously not a thing that can really happen but like that's the level of terror <laughs> yeah. that I associate with the idea of raising a small person in this world um so things like that like if you were trying to become a partner I feel like that's one of the first things I would want you to know <laughs> on a personal level with Rich like when you said that to Rich was he like oh that's fine I don't want kids anyway oh immediately he was like if you'd have said you'd have wanted kids I'd have walked away <laughs> yeah i think there were like there were like three things that we talked about uh there was wh- whether or not we wanted kids and this was only on like our third date or something but we were both like there's no point this getting serious if we're not on the same page about this so it's like whether or not we wanted kids if we got married whether we would want a religious ceremony or not because i'm not religious but i don't mind people being religious rich is what i would call anti he thinks people that believe in things in religions are stupid like he thinks that's a daft thing to do with your time um so i was very much like he was very much like if we, if you want a religious ceremony we might as well not be together because i'm not going into a church and being like oh yeah god i love this woman don't i because i don't believe in it. it's fucking stupid and i was like all right <laughs> um and then the other thing was whether or not you would merge your bank accounts when you moved in together because yeah. money is a big thing that ruins relationships isn't it and uh, immediately I was like you don't need to have all of my money and I don't need to have all of yours like we will set up a joint account and put money in it for bills and things but you're not having all of my money that's not how this is going to work and luckily he fully agreed with me so like so on the same page so now we can go on our fourth date <laughs> get those things done well, it's better than like being with somebody for like, I don't know, three years and then moving in with them. And he's like, right, uh, all of your money is now coming into my account. And I'm like, I beg your pardon. Like, absolutely not. <laughs> People do that. I have uh, I have a friend who um, I'm not going to name names just in case anyone related listens to it. But she was really stressing out when she was moving in with her partner because he was saying that that he wanted her to like basically merge her account with his so that her wages would just go into his account and then she would have to ask him for money when she wanted it and I was like like categorically not I mean quite apart from the fact that like I like to be able to buy things without having to ask permission from anyone especially things that are going to be for him like you can't buy your partner's birthday present but be like oh can you give me 50 quid like that's ridiculous um but also it's like it's madness to me the idea that like well, that, that to me is controlling behaviour. That's him saying you're never going to be able to leave me now because I've got all your money. <laughs> and uh, yeah, that's yeah absolutely not. Absolutely. Um, but friendship wise, I think the main thing to know about me is that I'm going to overshare. You're going to know everything about me and some of it's going to be gross and some of it's going to be not to me. <laughs> and some of it's going to be like upsetting, probably. <laughs> uh, but you're going to hear all about it the longer that you hang around with me. So, so okay. 
say you become friends with someone, you know, <laughs> have a conversation about like poo, and uh, and then you sort it. <laughs> oh dear. I think if I was answering this, if someone was going to be, if, if someone, whoever I was on the talking to, I'm, I'm going to put you out of it because you know me. What's important for a new friend to know about me is um, it's fine. Like everything's fine. Don't stress out about anything or thinking you've upset me you haven't um <laughs> uh, i don't take things too seriously so if you want to cancel on me as i've touched on many times before and i really i probably i really like being on my own so don't take that personally i know some people take that really personally and they they shouldn't because i just love my own company i love drinking on my own I'm <laughs> just doing doing most shopping on my own some people are like oh I'll, I'll tag along when you're shopping don't that's not personal just don't like it's, I'm not saying I hate you, but it's, I'm quicker. I'm, I'm quicker doing it myself. Yeah. Uh, so I'd probably say that solitude is very important to me. But I also love like spending time with my friends as well. But please don't take it personally. When I just want to be able to go. I've had enough now. I want to go home. Yeah. And that's nothing to do with you. you no. Know, this is part part of that conversation I was having the other day about uh, friends and things. One of the things I said is that like I can't deal with popping friends or pop by friends. You know, people who are just oh I was in the neighbourhood and they're knocking on your door. Like absolutely not. If you want to contact me and be like, hey, do you want to hang out? You've got to accept that a I might say no, and that b we're going to organise something. We're not going to dro- I'm not going to drop everything. Even if I'm literally doing nothing and I'm just vegetating in my pajamas on the sofa. If that's what I want to do with my time at that particular time, like don't be demanding of me, like unless it's an emergency and you absolutely really need to speak to me and you really need my help or something. But like, oh, yeah, people who just pop up at your house. Oh, that's infuriating to me. Just like, just leave me alone. Just go away. <laughs> I just think, haven't you got a life? Also, another thing for a new friend to know is don't fucking ring me without giving me three weeks notice. Ringing me? Are you on fucking fire? Text me. <laughs> for fuck's sake, don't ring me. What? Like, I'm so, three weeks notice and then ring me. I'm so glad you've said that because people have said to me in the past, like, how do you hate using the phone but do a podcast? And I'm like... It's very different because with a podcast, I know exactly when I'm going to be talking to the person. I've got a list of the things that I want to be talking about. I've got a rough idea of the things that they want to talk to me about. And I'm hosting it so I can, like, steer the conversation if I want. And I know it's only going to take me about two hours. Like, so I know that I know all of these things in advance. If you phone me, like, to me, what that is saying is drop everything you're doing and listen to me. And uh, I got into trouble the other day with somebody who phoned me and I was on a train. So I didn't it didn't even ring. And then they tried to phone me again as I was getting off the train and I couldn't answer it because my scanny ticket thing for the the barrier was on my phone. Uh, And then they phoned me again. So I ignored it that time because I was annoyed because I was like, you've given me about three minutes to answer three phone calls, which is nuts so i just text them and said i'm on a train even though i just got off <laughs> and uh, and immediately they phoned me again and i was like what is happening here so i answered thinking this must be an emergency and it really was it was the opposite of an emergency completely the opposite of an emergency and i was like what are you doing what if you, you could text me that it would have took two seconds i'd have got it the instant i got off the train and i'd have replied by now yeah yeah what, what life are we living <laughs> just yeah. getting really stressed yeah like, stop it that's I'm fully yeah, on board you know, with that one. Yeah, uh, for me, I know I, I know friends like ringing me sometimes, and that's fine. I prefer talking face to face because I'm going deaf in one ear, and I can't always hear. And I always like um, I always like seeing. We talked about this before, like people mm. seeing people's expressions. Like, oh, I there's no prefer- context over the phone. It's very yeah. hard. Yeah. 
And, like, and then I've said this before, like when someone rings you in a fucking car and you like in a tin can. <laughs> yeah, hate it. Don't don't ring me ever unless you're going to give me it's 15 to, to 30 business days to prepare. OK, hang on a minute. It says here. So are you doing the evens or the odds? I was doing the evens, but I've just read this question and it feels very similar to a previous one. So it's tell your partner what you like about them. Be very honest, saying things you might not say to someone you've just met. Now, I feel like we just blew so much smoke up each other's arseholes when we did our five things I, I, I that, love, we, uh, that we like. Tell your partner what you like about them. Hey, be very honest this time, you fucking bullshitter. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, you were full of shit before. Yeah. Hey, hey, Pinocchio, be very honest this time, if you know what I mean. Oh, God. Big jokes. Uh, what? <laughs> I mean, we've already we've already we've, done co- that. we've covered that one. We're, we're, we're sitting through these guys, don't we, mate? <laughs> you've done this one. Share with your partner an embarrassing moment of your life. I think we've done this, guys. Well, sorry, by the way, if you're if you're bored of this, uh, we haven't read these questions. We don't no, know what's no. going on. So I'm sorry. So I sort of did this one in place of telling you a terrible memory, didn't I? Because I didn't want to end the podcast on a genuinely terrible yeah. like trauma note. Um, so if you do want to hear a really embarrassing moment from my life, just go back and listen to the previous episode that Ruth was on in which I talked about falling down the stairs and exposing my buttocks to the entire school. Yeah. Um, but I'm sure there's, there's got to be other embarrassing moments that I've had in my life. Yeah, do you want to share one? Because you didn't last you know, time. You know what? I didn't. <laughs> and I think the thing is, like, I I have got no sense of shame anymore. I, I can't <laughs> remember when it went, but I don't have a sense of shame because what's the point? Like, it's only you who feels embarrassed. There's no need to. Everyone else is fine. Every Everything else is forgotten. <laughs> you know, people won't keep going, oh, bloody hell, remember when you said X, Y, Z or did whatever. It's only you. So... I don't feel embarrassed about anything anymore. I just think if you and if you do something embarrassing, you just own it. And that's the best thing to do. If you show your ass, just own it. And, um, you know, you showed your ass that time in school, didn't you? I, did, I really did. You should have just become the showing your ass woman. That's it. Just own it, guys. That's a little bit of advice for everyone. Get rid of shame now. I mean, unless you're fucking doing something really bad. Uh, unless you're wearing a flat cap and you love Peaky Blinders, then, yeah, do feel it. Like, yeah, just Peaky Blinders theme parties. Then do feel embarrassed. But, there's a Peaky uh, Blinders pub in Birmingham, you know. The Peaky uh, opposite the old Toys R Us. Yeah, yeah. It used to be a weird S&M bar. I know it's a now it's Peaky Blinders situation. I've not been to either version of the place <laughs> because both of them scare me a little bit. I don't know what the clientele would be. <laughs> they look like the sort of place you'd get your nose bitten off, actually. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's not the best part of town. <laughs> oh, it's horrible. Dale in, it's horrible. Uh, I suppose embarrassing. I saw this like meme the other day where a woman was like thinking about the time I begged a guy to get with me. I was in tears begging a guy to get with me and he had like a mattress on the floor and like um, a jug full of loose change. I can't remember what it said now, but I honestly felt it so deeply. I thought, my God, that's it. I'm sorry. She goes, when I remember, I basically begged a dude who had his mattress on the floor and a plastic jug full of loose change on his mantelpiece to be with me. And he said, no, I think anything where, and this is probably everyone I've ever been out with, like me. Oh, actually, that's true. Me like sort of, uh, Thinking that they're, well, that's embarrassing for me, thinking that they're a, a catch at one point or another. And I look back and go, oh, God. What was I thinking? Uh, what was I thinking? I mean, talk about my exes quite a lot on, on Twitter, so I won't go into that too much. But, uh, and we've, we've already been through the guy who wanted to feel other women's tits and what I'm doing in the book. There's nothing like looking back on someone you was going out with once and thought they were great. Uh, looking back in the future and, uh, think, and feeling physically ill 
And you're like, I know I'm over that person now. I know I'm completely over him. Stacey, this won't necessarily apply to you because you've been in love with your husband for a very long time. Yeah, I married the first guy I dated pretty much. <laughs> what a blessing. Uh, so I'd probably say I find that slightly embarrassing. But you know what? Um, it's all the more content I've got now for yeah. sharing. So I think for me, just the entirety, just anything I ever wrote in my live journal <laughs> was really embarrassing. <laughs> Oh my god, yes, live journal. Oh god, I was so like just that was just at my prime sort of like I'm gonna write poetry about how alone I am kind of time. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I'm so glad that I remembered to delete my account before. Is live journal even still a thing? I don't know, but thankfully you cannot any longer find me on there because if I were to creep across any of that old content. Good Lord, I might actually cringe to death. That is such a good example. So, live journal, I buried that like a repressed abuse memory. I deleted that account so many times and then restarted it. Jesus Christ. So, that would have been around, like, God, like in my 20s. What was I thinking? What were we thinking? What were we thinking? Live journal. Live journal. I, d- I just, I don't, I don't know. And I'm sure I posted so many like passive aggressive, cryptic yeah. things about like friends yeah. and stuff that, are, good Lord, like lyrics from songs that I'm like, hmm, is this about you? Could be. Could be about you. <laughs> I remember all my posts oh. were like, I'm fat, I'm ugly, I'm fat, boring shit, bore off. God, shut the fuck up. Oh my god! But you know, it was the early two thousands. We were watching Jackass and wearing baggy jeans. Oh, that's so what I was doing baggy. anyway. Yeah. yeah, I was wearing baggy jeans like nobody's business. Hey, uh, Ruth, when did you last cry in front of another person or by yourself? <laughs> it's crazy. When did you last cry in front of another person by yourself? That's how you do it. Not even another person because you're alone and sad, is it? <laughs> so I don't cry very often, and I say that uh, I only cry once a year, which is I sort of used to say it as a joke, but it's actually true. Some years I don't cry at all. Like um, when did I last cry? Like, I honestly cannot remember. Uh, but it will always be around the time of my period, like, uh, and that's how I know my period's coming. Yeah. Um, but but again, that's not every month. You see, I'll probably have one particularly low moment. So only once a year. Let me just have a think. I don't watch anything. I deliberately don't watch stuff that would make me cry. If I see mm-hmm. a, like an old man who's been widowed, oh, I can't cope oh, no. with that. Um, uh, yeah, or any cute cute animal like suffering, I won't. I don't watch that. Any anything horrible, mm-hmm. but. Probably uh, last time I cried uh, was yesterday when I was in the shop and I thought, I'm going to get some HP sauce. Oh, no, I've already got some at home. And then I went home and I opened the fridge and there was no HP sauce in there. Oh, no. I, mean, I mean, I didn't cry, but I felt like crying. <laughs> <laughs> See, now I, as previously discussed, feel everything to the power of a billion. Uh, so I cry all of the fucking time. I'll cry when I'm sad. I'll cry when I'm happy. I'll cry when I'm cross. I'll cry like once. I remember having a proper meltdown on the phone to Orange because they'd overcharged me. And I was trying to explain to the person on the phone that they'd overcharged me and they weren't having it. And they were passing me out. And I was getting just more and more cross to the point I just started crying. And they were like, oh, God, she's crying. What's happening? Um, yeah, I'm a disaster. I cry all the time. I, cry, I think the last time I cried uh, was earlier this week. And it was because I was on my period and I saw an advertisement in which uh, a kid had a cry because they dropped an ice cream on the floor and that made me cry. 
because, because of course it did. Um, but the last time I like legitimately cried as in over something that actually makes some form of fucking sense was um, a couple of months ago. I was going through a bit of a down, depressy time. And uh, I always find it harder to deal with now that I'm working from home when Rich is working in the office and I'm literally alone in the house. And so I just had a little cry at my desk <laughs> working from home, doing, sending a little email, have a little cry. Um, but I don't tend to cry in front of people if I can help it, unless it's something like a wedding, uh, in which case I'll just ball everywhere because I think weddings are beautiful and I love them. Oh, God, <laughs> you wouldn't catch me crying at a wedding. Sorry. Um, <laughs> I just think, oh, God. No, I do like weddings, but I, I, I certainly don't <laughs> cry. But I remember when you and Rich were doing your bow, Shan said to me, like, it nearly made her cry. And I thought, what's the matter with you? <laughs> well, like... Our wedding was one of the weirdest things for me because I thought I'm going to cry everywhere because I know what I'm like and I'll be so giddy. But I was so desperate to not cry. I just couldn't stop laughing. Yeah. And I, d- yeah. I don't know if people took seriously, like, the fact that, like, I bet I think people thought I was, like, insane and that I was, like, I don't know, it was like a shotgun wedding or something and I was just, like, nervously laughing. But it was purely a sort of, like, I was just so happy. I just couldn't stop laughing. It was, like, the best day ever. And I was having the, a whale of a time. I thought I was going to cry all over the shop i was glad i didn't because I, I can't imagine how nice my wedding pictures would have looked i was all like puffy faced and bloodshot eyes and it was yeah. a good day just thinking I like in lo- i was thinking in lockdown like i remember quite crying quite a bit in lockdown like but because uh there was a lot of stuff going on but i do remember that it was like I remember Halloween, I was around my friend Amy's house and I remember feeling so depressed about, I think it was when they introduced the tier system, mm. no pun intended, the tier system, <laughs> and everyone was going back into lockdown, like you couldn't go in, and I was just about to move to London and I remember thinking, this is just the worst thing ever, and then I remember the next day, I think I was due to move to London like two days later, I remember talking to my mum on the phone, like, I don't know what I'm doing, I'm just decided to move to London, you know, I was moving in two days and I was just, I remember walking around Birmingham like on my phone crying. Uh, and I moved to London and everything was fine and I don't know if I've cried since I've moved yeah I probably have but um yeah that's that not, yeah. not really not really a crier huge I cry. am it's it's almost impossible for me to sort of separate times when I'm not crying <laughs> I'd like to cry more because it's quite um feels nice although it does give you an headache I was going to say it's very cathartic, but I suffer a little bit with dehydration anyway because I forget yeah. to drink a lot. So like, oh, after I've had a good cry, I'll be like ocular migraines and things. Oh well. Yeah. Like, same. I think I feel like I've done enough crying in my life, love. That's how I feel. Hey, <laughs> our bloody, I've done enough bloody crying, mate. That's something mine. I would love to be like that, but literally for me, it's almost it's almost completely involuntary. Like <laughs> something will just just tickle a nerve, and and then I'll be like. Bleh! For like just no good reason. No, it's good. You're keeping though you keeping your tear ducts clean. Like I say, I just feel everything too much. It's <laughs> oh, the same so, again. I know we can't talk about you. You're great. What do you want me to say? Did you write these questions, you little scout? This, this is just me trying to get all the validation, you see. It's just keep keep telling me things that you like about me. Shall I do uh, the next one? Oh, it's a good one actually. Ooh. I'll do I'll do the, this one because uh what, if anything, Stacey, is too serious to be joked about? So here's here's my thoughts on this. Nothing. Right. I don't think anything is off limits for comedy as long as it is actually a funny joke. Like, I get really pissed off when people 
Um, again, I'm not going to name any names because I can't be asked to have these arguments online with people. But, you know, a, a famous comedian will tell a joke. What that he should, should do is, is name them and then we bleep <laughs> it out because then people will be like, oh, trying to work out who it is. <laughs> well, it's, like, it's just like there's so many there's so many comedians out there who will just tell a joke that's like literally just saying something offensive and expect you to laugh and then get annoyed when people on the Internet go, that wasn't funny and it was offensive. But like, so... I don't think I think it's fine to joke about like I say literally anything as long as it is actually funny and that doesn't mean it's going to be funny to everybody because like obviously there are jokes about certain things that I've never been affected by in my life that I'm likely to find more funny than somebody who has you know experienced that particular thing but if you can appreciate that the joke itself is a well-crafted joke that you probably would have laughed at if you hadn't had that experience in your life then I think it's fine but I think there are a lot of people who just go out and just say something racist or uh, sexist or transphobic or ableist and expect you to like laugh because uh, I've just said something shocking and then go oh it's too, is it too, chal- too challenging too challenging but <laughs> it's that whole James Acaster bit isn't it where it's like oh they just yeah. say something that's shocking and then go no it's your fault that is you can't hack it that I'm too challenging for it it's like you're not challenging me you're just being a prick and you're just expecting us to go oh because you're you know big famous Mr Comedian man that you're expecting me to just go oh no actually yeah he should be allowed to like no you've got to be actually fucking funny man you can't just say it's got, be, yeah, it's got to be a joke like I agree with you I think about this a lot especially when there's loads of things like comedy unleashed like I know Graham Linehan did a stand-up thing the other day which I would absolutely love to see you know so if, if, if see if it was actually a stand-up set or an agenda uh there's I can think of so, there's so many people like this on Twitter also like Twitter's not the world these things these people yeah. think that they're doing a big massive things like now if I ever if I said some of these comedians to Karen at work oh do you know who this person is now so I said someone to my hairdresser the other day, she was like, no, most people aren't on Twitter. They don't know who these people are. Uh, and there's a couple of guys, I'm not going to name names, but I saw them saying um, things like we can't, we couldn't get booked anymore at clubs because what we were saying was too challenging. It was too real. We were just saying the truth. It's like, I've seen your sets. You're not funny. You're not mm. funny. You can make jokes about stuff. If it's a joke and if it's funny, if it's just fucking hateful, like people go, oh, yeah. you, you, you're a snowflake, like um, we're, we're being cancelled and whatever. No, you should be cancelled because you're not fucking funny. But yeah, I agree with you. Too many people want to just, they're like, I'm oh, being cancelled, can't say what I want to say. What do you want to say that you can't say? Yeah. Well, this is the other thing that bothers me as well. Is like, I mean, I'm not going to get started on cancel culture, but it doesn't exist because nobody who has been cancelled has ever stayed that way. Like, you know, Louis C.K. has gone on to win a fucking Grammy or whatever for his fucking nonsense after everything that he took a year off, farted around because he could afford it, came back. And and there was has awards like there's no such thing as cancel culture. But even if there was like, yeah, like you say, like their job is to make you laugh and just shouting like hate speech is not funny. It's not a joke. <laughs> um, and like, you know, I've, I've been in. So I'm a, I'm a you know, I'm a white woman who's, you know, a lot of, you know, I'm not in a particular minority, but I am fat. And there are a lot of fat jokes out there. And some of them are very funny and I will wholeheartedly laugh with them but if the whole joke is just fat people are disgusting or like do you know what I mean like there's ways of telling a joke about a minority without it being just hate speech and that yeah yeah, yeah just, if, it, if it's funny fine you, you can make a joke but it's got to be funny it's got to be funny 
Yeah. And, and I, know, I know people say comedy is subjective, but guess what? It's not. I decide what's funny and I decide what isn't. Judge <laughs> comedy. So, <laughs> so there you go. So I'm saying, you know, your jokes aren't funny. And usually, like I say, very rarely are those jokes more jokes more than just a foil for just having a fucking moan about everything that you think is wrong. Yeah. Um, like those comedy unleashed nights, which I will definitely go to one of them to see what everyone's talking about. And it's usually a shitty lineup. Uh, four, four comedians <laughs> who've been cancelled. Oh, I wonder why it's because all he sets are shit. Yeah. Oh, but they've been cancelled, but they're on a show and they've got a yeah. new <laughs> column and, yeah. and there are some of these podcasts. Yeah, I'm being <laughs> silent. I'm being silenced. He shouts through his megaphone. Yeah. Um, <laughs> read my uh, read, read my two page article in the Guardian. I'm being silenced. Okay. The next question is really rough. If you were to die, if you were to die this evening with no opportunity to communicate with anyone, what would you most regret not having told someone, and why haven't you told them yet? Uh, nothing. Nothing. Because I'm really, and you're the same. I'm really open with what I think, feel, and what I say. Uh, there's there's nothing I haven't told any. I'm not keeping anything in. There's nothing I haven't told anyone. Uh, there's there's nothing I'd regret not saying. Um, what would I regret? I'd regret not going to Arch 13 for a little scary <laughs> I'd regret not telling Arch 13 I want a nice booking there in the future <laughs> to share a lovely platter with someone I care about. Um, yeah, I don't. I, I wouldn't regret anything. No, not at all. What about you? Yeah, do you know what? I think I'm in the same boat because I am very open. And I think those sorts of questions to me would be telling somebody that you love them. And I, everybody that I love knows about it because I won't fucking show up about it. <laughs> just randomly texting people. I really appreciate you. And they're like, all right, calm down. It's just a Tuesday. <laughs> well, anyone who doesn't appreciate that, get rid. I thought you people need a bit more of that. Um, um, yeah, so I don't, I don't think, I don't think, because like, I wouldn't want to say anything hateful to somebody. And oh, I would, I would, but yeah, come on. <laughs> yeah, maybe I'd just be like, oh, why didn't I, you know, tell some asshole that they're an asshole? No, I think I just want everybody to know that I loved them, and I think people know that. I think people know that, so I don't think it would be, yeah, a problem. I mean, the yeah. problem would be that I'm just dying suspiciously randomly. <laughs> yeah, right. What would I regret not having told someone that I was about to die and they had like the, the antidote? That's what I'd <laughs> yeah, or that they have to come and find my horrible body. Just like, <laughs> like yeah. Oh, no. Yes. question. Uh, yeah. Here we go. Here's a good one. Great. <laughs> and everything you own catches fire. Fucking hell. After saving your loved ones and your pets, you have time to safely make a final dash to save only one item. What would it be and why? So, so I don't think I can do this because thinking about everything that's currently in my house, a lot of it is just stuff that you need to live, like fridges and sofas and beds and things that you would just that they're not important enough to say, like you could just get another one if your house burnt down. And then the rest of the stuff that's in my house is largely tat. It's just toys. It's just to- it's just action figures and things. Um, and I'd like to say, you know, it'd be my my photo album from my wedding, but all of those pictures are online. They're all in me cloud. Like that wouldn't matter. Um, I could print another one off. Like it's fine. So I think I think maybe if I was gonna, but I wouldn't because I'm a wuss and I'm scared of fire. I'm a fire marshal, right? And I'm scared of fire. I got taught how to use a fire extinguisher and I screamed the whole way through. I was oh. like, I don't like it. You are um, such a fire marshal. Oh yeah, uh, that's something think, you'd be. I think it would be. I think it would be. So 
it's really pathetic. Back when I was in uh, primary school, we used to, I think I mentioned this last time, we used to do the uh, Birmingham Book Quiz, which is where primary schools all over Birmingham got together to, for like a tournament where you had to read books and answer questions about them. Uh, and then it got whittled down and whittled down. And the first year that, that our school won was when I was on the team, not to toot my own horn, but... Um, <laughs> And my mum bought me the collected edition of uh, all the Winnie the Pooh stories in this really beautiful hardback. And it's like a really beautiful book. And I've had it since then, even though I think I've only ever read it once. Um, So I think it might either be that or depending on whether I could be asked to carry it, my collected editions of the Calvin and Hobbes comic strips, because they're really fun and irreverent and would probably cheer me up after my house had burnt down. Uh, I was going to say my phone, but I'd probably have it in my hand. Oh, that would be in my hand as I was yeah, running, yeah. Because um, never without it. I'm looking around my room and I'm just like, it's so full of just like, just, just, just shit. <laughs> I'm really not into possessions as well. I'm currently getting rid of everything I own for whenever <laughs> I, because I've moved that many times. I'm, I'm sick of it. So I'm getting rid of like loads of my stuff. And the less stuff I have, the better. I need to live in a prison with like three items, honestly, mm. because it just, I just get so stressed about <laughs> stuff. There's like, um, so my phone's already in my hand. I might take like a notebook and a pen so I can write things down. Although I've got the notes app, so my charger, take my charger as well. Absolutely. Really. <laughs> There's like one thing I've got from when I was little that's come with me to every house I've moved in, which is like a little bear in a suit, a plastic figure. I'd go and get it, it was in the other room. And I had it with like this, it was like a, a tree house that had like um, bees making honey in it, this toy thing. And the bear, they had a bear with suit on for some reason. And I thought he looked a bit like a dodgy geezer. <laughs> and I used to call him Bother Bear like he was a gangster. Brilliant. And, and he was a cockney as well in my mind. Of course just, he was. He's really cute. And I just took him everywhere to every place. And he's just in one of my drawers now. So he's about that big and he's very, very cute. And he's this little plastic bear. And I would probably go, oh, I've got to take Bother Bear with me. I can't let him perish. I've had him since I was, you know, since I was five. So. Yeah, now that you that. say it, I have a little Sylvanian family squirrel oh, called yeah. Radish. Yeah. Who, I, who I've had since I was about six or seven. So maybe it would be right, but I don't know where he currently is. Um, he's in this house. I've seen him in this house, but yeah, I don't, I don't remember where, where he is. So there might be some frantic fire search. <laughs> but if I, if I'm completely honest, I wouldn't run back in for anything because fire is terrifying. Even if I had an extinguisher, which I now know how to use, but I will just scream and cry as soon as I get anywhere near the flames. It was a really small, very such a such a small like practice fire that's like in a bin that they make you just put out. And I was screaming, oh my god, whatever. Even though I have actually put out a fire in real life once, but um, was it the one next door? Weren't you? Weren't you oh no, no, fire? like yeah. Well, it was the the it wasn't next door. It was the woman next. It was the house next to theirs. They were trying to have a sexy Valentine's bath and set fire to the bathroom <gasps> with candles. Oh yeah, so many candles. Uh, that was that was weird. No, it was a fire in a clinic that I used to work in when I worked with the dietitians. Somebody had come into the clinic smoking, and the receptionist was like, "You can't, you can't smoke that in here." So he just threw it into a waste paper basket, and all of the paper just went foof. And, uh, and there was a little fire in a bean, and I got a fire blanket, and I just plopped it over there. And I was like, "Job done." Oh, uh, but I was really terrified. Um, it was really small, but I did it, didn't I? So I'm brave, me. You are. <laughs> well, okay. So we've both said we're not going back for anything, really, unless we have no. our phones or our chargers. <laughs> 
yeah, I do love my phone. Because then at least I've got people in my life, haven't I? I can contact, communicate. That's what I'm going to ask Some tweets are in there. I keep all my tweets safe. <sighs> Ruth, I don't know how I feel about asking the next question. This one just. I think I think we might we might want to. So the next question is, of all the people in your family, whose death would you find the most disturbing and why? Like, like that is just saying, pit your family against one another. <laughs> like, yeah. And I don't want to do that. My mum or dad's next question. Yes, this is our last question now. This is our okay. last question. We've we do some of these guys. I'm sorry because they've just been a bit too like we'll get in trouble for the answer. Well, I feel like this question might be of that ilk, and all of you read it. Share a personal problem and ask your partner's advice on how he or she might handle it. Also, ask your partner to reflect back to you how you seem to be feeling about the problem you have chosen. Share a personal problem. This is very heavy, I think. Um. Share a per- have I got a personal problem at the minute? Not really. My my personal problem is I um, eat and drink too much and don't exercise enough. Uh, that's my personal problem. I don't really know how to kind of share that other than, I mean, I know what I've got to do. Stop eating and drinking so much, uh, but I like it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. and I like exercise as well. I really like exercise, but I've just been so busy. See, that's um, where you've got me beat. I there's not a single exercise I enjoy except dance, but dancing isn't something I feel comfortable doing by myself. Do you like walking? No. Don't like, well, I don't like the outdoors very much. I've got a sun allergy. Did, it, that's the thing that I've developed oh. over the past couple of years. Yeah, break out in like horrible little hives. Any time I'm in the sun, <laughs> it's really pathetic. I'm like a, I'm like the opposite. Well, I'm like a vampire, really, except I really like garlic. Um, How did you find that out then? You was out in the sun. Well, it, I think it happened during COVID because I didn't go out very often during then. But um, it was about must have been about Christmas time. No, it can't be because it doesn't really happen in the winter. So it must it must have been like a full year into like COVIDy stuff uh, when my family came over to drop off Richie's birthday presents because they were uh, hanging around on the drive at the far end and we were like at the other end. And I literally spent maybe half an hour outside chatting with my mum. And then I got in and about an hour later, I was like, God, I'm so itchy and I couldn't stop scratching. And just all of my arms and the one side of my face that was on the, the sunny side was just covered in just like red blotches and like spots and stuff and uh and I went to the doctor and they were like did you have you used a different shower gel or have you used a different washing powder or blah 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 did you eat something that you've never ate before and I was like no to all of those things they're like okay what did you do and I was like well I was outside for a bit and they're like oh yeah it's uh it's got a really weird name now it's like poly something like disruption I don't know but yeah it's that basically (laughs) I'm a I'm a disaster can't go in and go for a run or uh you know no um, yeah I mean have you got a problem a personal problem you want to ask me well like the difficulty is is the only the only pro- it's not really personal it's just it's just a problem is that you know I've sort of come to the end of my rope with capitalism and I don't know how to deal with that uh, yeah so what you want to you want to quit your job you mean I want to I want to quit my job but I can't afford to live if I do that so I mean that's the big thing that's keeping me up at nights <laughs> Yeah, yeah. But it's almost impossible to deal with without winning a lottery, which I haven't yet done. So Do you play the lottery? Occasionally. What I do is I play the Euro Millions when it gets particularly high. <laughs> as if, as if, if I won like five million, I wouldn't be fucking chuffed with it. But I'm like, I'll wait until, it won't feel like such a waste of money if I wait until it's like 50 million. <laughs> you know, when it's, so my mum plays the lottery, she plays every lottery that's on throughout the week. She does them all, she can't resist a gamble, as we all know. But she will go to me, hey, you've, you've got to have a go on the Euro Millions tonight. It's, you know, 
for 11 million. You've got, it's eight. And I'll tell you what, it's a rollover and it's got to be won. She always gets that. It's got to be won. Okay. So because it's a lot of money and it's got to be won, it's going to be me. Who wins it, it's yeah. got more, oh, there's more chance of me winning. But you've got to be in it to win it, Ruth. <laughs> I know, I agree. And I'm not always in it to win it because playing the lottery is fucking expensive now. It's it is. That's why I, that's why, because I uh, probably would <laughs> develop some sort of lottery-based gambling addiction if I did it every time, which is why I give myself a only go for it when it's real high, even though I know I'm not going to win anything. I won like 40 quid last week, and that's the most I've ever won on it, and I've been paying for like I reckon years. it's that bad now. Four numbers, I'll get you 40 quid. Five numbers get you like uh, 450 quid. And then <laughs> it's, it's that bad. It's that mm. bad. There's no point yeah. in doing it anymore. There's none. There's none at all. But there's just that little bit of hope every week when you just throw quid. It. Well, it's, it's like £2.50 now, but <laughs> I don't, I don't know what you mean about the old wanting to quit your job because I think as well since COVID, it's like everyone's gone, oh, actually, I can't believe uh, we've been through that. I, I don't actually want to go back to work. Yeah. Uh, and some of us worked through it. Like, so it's like you think, wow, well, just work through a global global pandemic. I could do without that, actually. So yeah. it's hard to. But then, but then you've got no money. So you either go and live a life off the grid in a caravan somewhere, I guess. <laughs> no electricity and no money to do anything no phone no phone she couldn't stand or you just kind of you know you'd have to get get a job doing um trying trying to get a job in something that you actually like doing yeah i, I do hate it well the, the thing is i don't mind the job that i've got now like it's not the perfect thing for you know if if, if i could get paid for podcasting that's what i'd do but like the job that i've currently got working for a charity is a good job the problem that i have is that just like some days i just don't want to but you don't have the option to not want to like that's the problem is that some days i just get up and i think i'm just going to say my pajamas and i want to get under my weighted blanket and like that'll be my day today but you can't do that because you've got three meetings and a load of things you've got to do and uh, even if you called in sick, you'd feel bad about it because you're not really sick. And also then all the work's going to be there tomorrow and that's going to make tomorrow worse. So, yeah, what I want to do is I want to try and convince Rich to like climb the corporate ladder where he works because he gets paid more than me anyway. And then I can be a kept woman. <laughs> yeah, so how does he feel about I'm happy to be a kept woman. How does he feel about that? I think, I don't know. We've never really talked about it because it's not really a thing that will ever actually happen to us. Um, but if it, if it somehow did, if he looked into a position that was like good enough to keep us both going I think he would be fine with it as long as I like pulled more weight around the house or something I think think as long as like chores were done so that he could then spend the time that he's not working just relaxing and all like having fun with me then I think he'd be fine with it he might get a bit jealous maybe of all my he'd have a happier wife he'd be so much happier yeah he would definitely have a happier wife and you'd have the tea on the table ready for when he came home. You know. He likes cooking, actually. Like he, he does. does he tends to do much of the cooking in our house because he's better at it and he likes it. Whereas I fucking hate it and I'm shit. <laughs> well, I, I could ruin like a doll meal in a, in a jar. Me, I was just like fucking. <laughs> you'd be going if you had loads of money. You'd be going out to eat all the time, which is my favourite thing to do. So we get an arch thirteen. An arch thirteen. <laughs> also, I like the Indian brewery. Also, uh, I like uh, I like anywhere going into it anywhere. Uh, Las iguanas. Congratulations, you've answered all the questions. Now for the hard part. In order to solidify your love, you have to look into your partner's eyes for four minutes in silence. It's hard. You'll squirm, but you'll learn an incredible amount. Now we're on a podcast, so we're not going to do this. No, because because really, I'd be looking in the camera to be honest. Because if I look at directly at your eyes, your eyes aren't looking at me, and it's, so it's, it's not, true. 
truly a baffling experience. Um, I also think if I tried to do that to Richard, who I've been with for 17 years now, he'd be like, what the fuck is this? Get out of my face. Stop looking at me. Uh, so. <laughs> so if I'd have flipped it to my monitor, like I always have my, and when I'm in meetings, I always have my other monitor and flip, flipped it like this. Like I, I wouldn't even be looking at you. No, no, it's impossible to look in your eyes. Yeah. I, I, I find that difficult anyway, because I, you've probably noticed this from this call and from being my friend generally, but I don't tend to look people in the eyes for very long because I find it wildly uncomfortable. I like it. I'm not I'm not an eye contact kind of a gal. Uh, it's a long eye contact. I'm like, oh, what's, what's that over there? Let's just look at that over there. Oh, that's uh, yeah. What a weird four minutes. Why four minutes? Imagine that's if you were on a date. Time. I've never been on a date, but imagine if you was on a date doing that with someone. Um, if you just happened across a table and two people are like very intense. <laughs> You'd know, you'd know they'd been asking these oh, questions. So we just have to sum up and say we've done these two hours of podcasting. We've asked each other the questions. Do we love each other more? I mean, I would say yeah. I mean, on the one hand, I would say yeah. But on the other hand, I don't know that I could because I love oh, you anyway. Exactly. Wouldn't it be funny if we did these and we're like, we hated each other. We, why are we even friends? Like we should, we should we never, we should never have done this. It was illuminating. Um, <laughs> now I've, now I realise actually, I think I hate you. <laughs> you know, it's a learning experience, and you can move on. And, and you know, that would have been a good thing. Are you going to ask me for a song at the end to play out? I am going to ask you for a song if you've got one. I have got one. It's a it's a song I've been listening to a lot lately. As I mentioned before, I'm a massive Tenacious D fan, and I oh, recently cool. went back and revisited them. And the song I want to play out with for mine is it's a song from Rise of the Phoenix, that album. If you know it, Stacey. I do. It's Death Star, which is a fantastic song. Excellent. He's talking about basically the world going to shit. Um, Jack Black's singing about the world's going to shit and we're all going to die. So we've got to build a fucking Death Star. Uh, and it's it's the lyrics are really funny. Um, it's a really funny song. And I love Jack Black. Uh, I want to marry him. I know he's married. But uh, yeah, that's my choice. Weirdly, uh, him doing the voice of Bowser is like the only thing I'm looking forward to in the new Super Mario movie. I didn't even know he was doing that. Oh, it's it's actually weirdly attractive, and I don't know what that says about me. Oh. <laughs> when I watched the trailer, I was a bit sort of like, oh, am I, I a Staley now? Made <laughs> him look like Bowser. Oh yeah, no, it's like a CGI movie where he's actually Bowser, but it sounds like Jack Black doing a sort of husky, sexy. Voice. It's a strange. I mean, I like it, but uh... <laughs> I love him so much. So yeah, that's my that's my choice. What about you, good self? Well, I went for another. What song uh, makes me think of Ruth? Uh, uh, well, any any Tenacious D song, sorry, would make me think of you. By the way. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Uh, that is very good. I uh, I went with Helicopter by Block Party just because it makes me think so much <laughs> of, um, of of our times at Music Zone. Bravado. Yeah. Um, Doesn't like chocolate. <laughs> Because it's such a weird song. I don't know why. I can't explain to people why I even like the song because it's so odd. But it's a really great song and it just makes me think. It's like as much as Music Zone was a bit weird and shit, it was also great, wasn't it? I loved it. I had what a, a time. really good time there. Um, if, they'd, if they hadn't gone out of business and they'd have paid me more, I'd have probably just stayed there forever. <laughs> it was a right good laugh. I can't imagine. I mean, it, so many things changed there. I've never been a fan of Block Party. What about this? I never got it. I think <laughs> Banquet's, Helicopter's a good song, Banquet's a good song, but it's just, you know, they're not mm. for me. But they're serious, like Suede. Suede are a very serious band. Mm. Very, you know, but but yeah, doesn't like chocolate. Got to be, got to be one of the funniest. <laughs> 
<laughs> you so intonations of a lyric. I think it's just for me. It was just like every now and again, and it used to be uh, when the store was quiet, like after we'd turned all the music off and we were just like cleaning up, and somebody randomly from somewhere in the store would just go bravado, and we'd yeah. all fall about laughing. Two sounds. Yeah. Yeah. Oh God, shut up. But yes, very funny. Very funny. Yeah, uh, it does, and it, it yeah, it does make me think of you and your incandescent rage about um <laughs> pop party. But um, Silent Alarm is one of those albums that for some reason I just always gravitate back to, and I've got like so many things I need to listen to, but I'll be like, I oh, just put on Silent Alarm. Why don't I? Oh, that many. I only know Banquet and uh and Thingy. Is that Helicopter? Yeah, yeah. Are the only ones I know. Oh, I'm, happy I'm happy with that choice. I'm happy with that choice. Excellent. Um, well, hi everybody. That's been another episode of Stacey's Pop Culture Parlour. Not much pop culture, but a whole lot of waffles. <laughs> you can't answer about your family, questions about death, uh, <laughs> block party. That's the that's the, uh... the main takeaways from this is that we don't want to talk about our families. We I love how we both talked so much about how open and honest we both are, and we're like open books, and we love talking about <laughs> you know, and then we've just got to cut that out, cut that out. <laughs> Do you know what you could do is do a Patreon. This is giving you a bit of money. Do a Patreon and so you can have the unedited version when we talk about because it. it's not it's not fair on the people who can't have their right to reply, is it? Well, I'm happy you know to what? talk openly about me, but do you know that's a little bit why I don't talk too much about asexuality on the podcast because I don't want to say anything that Rich might not potentially want people to know because he's my husband and he has the right to like not dictate what I say but like obviously there's certain things about our relationship you might not want you know the seven people that listen to this. I get that. Yeah. Oh, I get that. That's seven people. <laughs> seven hundred million more like. Um, oh. yeah, I've been Ruth Husko. I'm Kath Freud on Twitter. You can follow me on Instagram as well. Um, but that's that's private. But uh, <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm opening loads of windows. Yeah, I hope you've enjoyed listening to me and Stacey today. I hope everybody has too. I always have a whale of a time talking to you, so I feel like everybody should have a whale of a time listening to us. But maybe that's me just being really big-headed after all the lovely things that we've said about each other. Oh, Ruth put Taking some little hearts. Heart. Heart. <laughs> Sorry, this is not interesting for people listening. Um, okay. If so. we do manage to make a video out of this, probably not going to happen. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but we might do. We'll just see. We'll just see. Well, we need to see if we can make a podcast out of it. Although we've been recording for an hour and 45 minutes. So there yeah, should be some. It's absolutely fine. Hey, everybody. Have an absolutely wonderful rest of February. I hope it's a lovely month for you all. And uh, and I'll see you next month with some more pop culture wafflings. Um, Ruth, thank you for coming. Thanks for having me. Life. Thanks, everyone, for listening. <laughs> see you soon, everybody. See you Bye. at Arch 13. Bye. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Stacey's Pop Culture Parlour. To get in touch with me, the titular Stace, you can follow me on Twitter at Stacey's Parlour, send an email to stacysparlour at gmail.com or come and join the Stacey's Pop Culture Parlour Facebook group. If you'd like to leave a review for the show, please do so on Apple Podcasts or over at podchaser.com. If you like what you heard enough to want to give me some money, which would be quite spectacular actually, you can go to coffee.com forward slash Stacey's Parlour that's ko-fi.com forward slash Stacey's Parlour. The music that you're hearing right now is by the amazing band Starbomb and you should really check them out on Spotify, iTunes or on their website. Thanks for stopping by and I'll see you next month. Mwah! <laughs>